Hello and welcome to Farmland. On today's programme, we're going to focus on all things relating to farm safety. Later, I'll be joined in the studio by Christy Doherty, who is Head of Farm Insurance with AXA, to discuss supports for farmers in terms of making their working environment safer. But first, I'm joined now by the Minister responsible for farm safety, Minister of State Martin Hayden. Minister, thank you for joining us on Farmland. Hi, Stella. We're here today to talk all things farm safety. The department has engaged in a new online digital campaign to promote farm safety among the farming community in Ireland. What is the aim behind this campaign? Well, the aim behind it is the aim behind everything I'm trying to do in farm safety. I'm hugely honoured to be the very first minister in government to be given specific responsibility for the area of farm safety and farmer mental health and well-being. <coughs> and it's a really critical role because Obviously, um, you know, the farm and the Irish farm is the most dangerous workplace in Ireland by some distance. But to be successful um, in, in, in bringing positive change to this whole area, um, we need to change culture. And if we change the culture um, across farming practices and in how we address risk and hazard, <coughs> then I think we can make a very big difference and reduce the numbers of fatal and life-changing incidents that happens on our farms. And at the same time, then we can raise awareness of the challenges around mental health and isolation and farmer mental health and well-being. That is a really big issue and that I'm really determined to shine a light on. And this campaign, um, as well as a number of other initiatives uh, that I'm funding through the department, um, are all part of a solution because there's not one simple fix for these problems. And it's really about raising awareness to change that culture that we identify the hazards more because an awful lot of, of, of the causes of farm safety incidents and of people losing their lives on farms is that they don't identify the hazards that are there because we're so used to seeing them every day because the farm is a, a unique workplace that way. That's true and among the hazards there is livestock handling. Um, I think one in five fatal accidents on farms in Ireland involve livestock. I mean is there I suppose a, a little bit of a complacency there that maybe people need to take the handling of livestock and management and movement of livestock very very seriously? Well, if you look at the campaign we're, we're running through Agriland, it's very much targeted every month at the specific hazards that are particularly acute at that time of the year. So later in the year, we'll be having silage harvesting and that'll be very specific. But right now we're in the middle of calving and that's why it was right to start uh, w w with a focus on calving because maybe we inherently, and I'm a beef farmer myself at home in Kildare, we always take a little bit more care around the bull because we, kn we know that and we're used to the placid cow, but that cow can change when she's just calved. Uh, and if there's a dog in the background barking, that hazard can happen. And we know from statistics, uh, you know, we're far more likely to have, unfortunately, a serious incident with a cow than a bull, um, a cow who has just calved in, in that instance. So it's about being aware of the hazards, being aware of that change, that, that that cow, who normally for 11 months of the year is quiet, in the right given circumstances, can turn wicked. And if you turn your back and if you take that chance, that'll be missing. And similarly, um, next month or in, in the coming weeks now we're focusing on slurry because this is a time of the year where slurry has been agitated and we know the risks involved with that uh, from a fumes perspective and it's again making sure that we, we, we have safety as the first thought as we start every job and not an afterthought. Absolutely and in terms of I suppose farm machinery there we will be coming into contracting uh, season soon there's an onus on the contractor to ensure that they are as safe as possible but also on the farmer who's receiving the contractor in if they have younger members of their family if they have animals or any hazards that might be in the way to take cognizance of that now. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's also about the working environment in which um, we operate as farmers. So, you know, that's why a number of specific measures I've put in place has been um, around financial supports, like the accelerated capital allowance for farmers to make adaptions to equipment and machinery to make them safer. F from a physical buildings perspective, we've had 57 million euro has been drawn down in TAMS for buildings that has effectively made them safer um, for farmers um, and to allow them to handle livestock more safely, to operate machinery in yards in a safer way where there's more space and it's better thought out and planned out. And like six million of that specifically has been for farm safety measures of that TAMS money. So in, in terms of the accelerated capital allowance, it's also about adapting um, and supporting farmers who have suffered life-changing injuries and who have lost a limb uh, perhaps um, or, and want to get back farming. Uh, some of the measures on the accelerated capital allowance are for adaptive measures that they can adapt tractors to hand controls instead of foot controls and um, hoist for people in wheelchairs and such measures to allow them get back there as well so there's a range of supports that are there but it's about um you know supporting farmers and what they're doing and it helps them to do it more safely the hsa the health and safety authority has previously come out and said that a number of the farm fatalities in this country are with, dis I suppose, disproportionately with older people. And there might be a generational gap there of farmers doing what they've always done and feel that they are comfortable in what they have always done. Do you think that we need perhaps to get a stronger message across that sometimes the way that things have always been done is not the way that they should be done anymore? Again, I think a lot of the causes of why farming and agriculture is so dangerous and is the most dangerous profession by some distance. Only 6% of the entire workforce in Ireland are farmers, yet we account for 50% of the farm of, of total workplace fatalities over the last 10 years. So, you know, farmers are seven times more likely to die than if they worked in another profession. Like, and those statistics are mind-blowing and in some ways we've nearly got used to them um, and nearly just accepted that. So that's where the change of culture is absolutely critical, that this is unacceptable. Um, and when we look at the breakdown of those figures, two thirds of those fatalities over the last 10 years have been either in the very young, in children, or in the very old. 11% have been children under 18, and 46% plus have, has, has been uh, over the age of 65. That's reflective of the fact that agriculture is different to most other sectors, that most people retire at 65, 66. We have an awful lot of farmers that are continuing to farm into their 70s. Um, and in some instances, that's because of income, and the next generation aren't taking it on. Um, and it's why, you know, being mindful of those challenges that are there, uh, farmers trying to undertake jobs on their own that are really two people jobs and that labour shortage and the challenge that we have in that area. It was why it was so important in our latest food, um, 10 year food strategy, uh, Food Vision 2030. Um, for the first time we have a real clear focus on farmer, um, uh, farmers wellbeing and a farmer being at the focus of that because in food harvest and in food wise there wasn't enough focus on increasing our output, increasing the economic um, value of our produce put a burden on farmers and to be mindful of that that you know we need to support our farmers in in how they in how they do that um, and in how they can farm more safely into the future we would get a lot of anecdotal stories from the farming community particularly at the moment in light of the current world circumstances and the rising inflation figures and the rising cost of inputs that farmers are struggling at the moment to meet ends meet, to make ends meet, to pay bills, to pay feed bills, grain bills, whatever it may be, and are now considering or have already done so where they've had to let farm staff go because they just simply can't pay all of the bills every month. In which case, you know, they may not be able to carry out all of the work that they want to do or they're trying to do it alone, which would raise concerns then about, I suppose, safety. Are you concerned that that might become a trend where 
the labour shortage and the fact that some farmers can't take on the extra staff anymore may cause a bit of a, a pressure point there for them. Well, labour is a problem all across the economy and we see it particularly in the dairy sector where people have expanded and haven't been able to access the extra staff that they need for their dairy expansion. And then in, in other farming enterprises maybe can't afford to pay for that extra help that's needed. And then you get maybe older farmers dependent on the son, daughter or nephew being home at, on the Saturday from college to give a hand uh, with, with that job. And if they're not around then does that job try to get uh, done on its own? This is a challenge for us, um, but also the isolation of being uh, far, uh, farmers there. So we, um, you know, farmers working in isolation mentally is not good either because all of those stresses and strains of, and like we, we know too well that uh, the stress and strains associated with agriculture, their income, their weather, their, you know, worried about your livestock, worried about your crops, um, that all piles in and if you're on your own then that isolation um, you don't have anyone to share with that, that's a real challenge but in terms of the labour side of things we have allocated work permits uh, for non-EU nationals um, for the sector and that's something that would be looked at further and trying to give support uh, to farmers there um, in that area but obviously income is a key driver of the challenges in this area and rising input costs um, is a big concern because that puts additional pressure onto farmers. And Minister, um, in terms of, I suppose, um, the the farm incidents that do occur, obviously we have statistics and we can talk about data and statistics all day long, but at the end of the day, they're lives, they're human lives, they've either lost their life or they have had life-changing injuries. Um, last year, it was great to hear that the farm fatalities went down and or more than half, I think, last year, which is great, but it was still nine deaths, which is nine deaths too many. Do you have a concern, however, that out there some of these incidents are not reported near misses for example or accidents on the farm that they didn't report to the HSA and just went into the hospital and got stitched up you know there could be a lot more incidents out there than we actually really know about yeah like you know near misses aren't reported you know because farmers probably don't count them to be as close a brush as there are but the more near misses you have statistically the more likely you are to have uh, bigger issues there um you know every year on average, over the last 10 years, 20 people have lost their lives in Irish farms. Um, and we actually had a, a recategorization of, of a fatality last year. Um, earlier this year, it was recategorized as a farm fatality. So we're actually up to 10 for, is the official figure for, for 2021. Um, that's still 10 too many. It's still 10 families, 10 communities completely devastated um, by um, a, a loss uh, that, you know, that they'll never get over. But it, it is a trend that we're heading in the right direction and it's, I'm determined that this year that we don't go back to those 20 figures and that we don't go anywhere near that and we can uh, keep this down absolutely as low as possible and that's where the change of culture comes from um, and that's where it's absolutely critical and you know being mindful of whether it's near misses or we also probably don't put enough focus on life-changing injuries there's a lot of people who have very significant um, injuries occurred in farm safety incidents and who don't lose their lives but whose lives are changed irreparably afterwards and you know in a farmer's instance that affects their ability to be able to make an income and a return for their family and all the rest so it does put huge pressure on and that's why you have to have that focus there um, and focus in on the statistics and on the causes and on the different contributing factors and making sure we put lots of supports in place like I have done uh, through a range of different initi initiatives um, and you know when we talk about the mental health and the isolation side of things as well that is a contributing factor too 
if farmers aren't in a good place and are, are under pressure and are struggling um, mentally, then their ability to farm in a safe way is compromised as well. And that's why like initiatives like the On Firm Ground um, initiative, which I jointly funded with the Department of Health is and the, and the Men's Development Network, is really important. We started off with training 800 advisors who are in on farms every day, uh, dealing closely with farmers to be able to identify and signpost supports for farmers who are struggling. And now we're looking, I'm working with my officials to see how we can broaden that out, uh, where we look at vets, where we look at people who deliver meal or uh, lorries uh, you know, from creameries that drive into farmers' yards. Wherever there's a contact with farmers, we need to make sure the opportunity isn't missed to identify you know, where farmers are struggling. And that's why I was really glad then to support the initiative um, with, with um, dairy, the dairy industry where we have um, Samaritan's numbers and contact details uh, put on every uh, creamery lorry. Um, that's, you know, I think over 5,000 lorries um, all around the country and now carry this message into the most remote, remotest parts of Ireland to people who need that because, you know, I have a real concern about particularly older farmers who live alone who have all of these challenges um, that they face in terms of um, social isolation. The pandemic made it 10 times worse because they didn't have that opportunity to mix with their peers and to share their concerns. And we all know that when problems and stresses are getting on top of you, you don't have someone to share that with that makes them feel much worse. So, um, you know, wh where there are supports there, we want to signpost them and direct the farmers to them. Absolutely. It's a difficult thing to admit when you need help for anyone in this world and probably even more so for farmers because they always have been a community that keeps going because it has been necessary to do so. We have to provide food to the world and, and the agricultural community has always kept going. But it is something that impacts on a farm business and a farm family if a farmer either through having an incident where they get life-changing injuries or have mental health problem that they can't deal with. And maybe they suffer with depression and find it difficult to get up and milk cows every morning or to, to go out and check on sheep. Um, the, the social isolation that you mentioned there, that aspect of it is, is really quite important. And do you think there needs to be more of an emphasis or is the government doing enough to to help i suppose with this social isolation in recent months there have been a number of rural incidents where people living in rural areas maybe farmers or retired farmers have had their homes burglarized or they have had a frightening incident and there is concern out there that not enough is being done for them yeah like i you know first of all people who live in rural areas and do do feel a support uh, or do feel a need for further support and i think the the role of us enhancing the role of the community guard is so important in that proactive uh, guard piece particularly in relation to the area of crime and that so that people get back to knowing their guard have that guard that they have their phone number that they can ring them when they're concerned about some activity and also the likes then of our uh, you know our community text alerts and that that are really become very prevalent this is about communities supporting each other and that's where I come, I, I'm coming from as well in terms of farmer mental health and well-being um, that farmers don't feel isolated that they know um, that they are supported and that they have people to talk to and that we support communities so you know in my um, initiatives around innovation uh, partnerships the EIP model it, this is very much about farmers us not dictating to farmers but farmers and communities coming up with ideas and initiatives um, from the ground up I, uh, through a 1.8 million euro fund, I'm supporting eight of these projects now through um, where we'll 
closely monitor how they develop in their local area, these locally led ideas that cover a whole range of areas from succession to isolation, the challenges around suicide to farm safety, specific initiatives um, to, to preventing further farm safety incidents. And we'll get great learnings from a number of those projects and we'll be able to expand some of them out um, and, and make them more nationally where we see the, the elements of them that work really well. And that's a really good model that has worked well in the environmental sector previously and I think it's really well suited to farmer safety and farmer uh, mental health and well-being and th that's that's really really important so there's a number of initiatives there that I think will show real um, uh, results and fruit in the, in the coming years. I believe those um, EIP uh, projects the community-led ones are actually quite popular and, and proving quite successful um, so they're at that stage now I suppose where you are funding them and you're hoping to get learnings from them do you think maybe in the future that you might sm secure more European funding for, for these sort of ground up um, projects? Yeah I think so so it's it's quite a significant intensive process. We got 30 applications. They went through a rigorous um, assessment procedure. They were shortlisted to about 12 and those 12 went, were financially supported to go through a three-month process where they looked at how they would do this and that gave us our final list of eight. So the eight that are standing now have come through a really rigorous process with nearly a year's process now and now they're all getting up and running. We're launching them at present and we're going to learn from those. And part of it might be resources to do more EIPs in the future because there was some great ideas out there that just needed a bit of teasing out. Um, but the other part of it actually will be, um, you know, if, if as I expect, some really good um, learnings uh, come out of these, that we can scale them up and make them more nationwide. But the idea that they are community-led, that they're owned by the local people who have brought them up, th that is the best way for us to get the best ideas and to learn what works and what doesn't work. Um, so that's, that's really important. But also then, you, you know, you, you talk about how it's successful and it nearly surprises some people um, that, you know, this community idea could become a big, a, a, a big scheme that we could have countrywide in a few years' time because it's worked so well. Similarly, how we look at things like training. Um, you know, farmers probably throw their eyes to heaven when they think, oh, I'd have to give up time now to go do farm safety training as part of a course. But if you look at the safety training that was incorporated as part of the TAMS, any farmer I talked to who came away from the half-day um, uh, training said they found it really useful, it really opened their eyes to maybe hazards that they've just got complacent about that they've stopped noticing on the farm and it made them look at things in a different way and they all admitted nobody felt they had the time beforehand to give up for this training but actually it was really beneficial afterwards. So training is a key part of this that we need to incorporate in um, whether it's the young in, in ag college and as they're starting off but also that kind of continuous uh, professional development that is evident in, in all other industries um, needs, to, needs to be there as well. They're continuously reaching out to farmers um, and you know reminding them uh, of the challenges, of the hazards and of ways of doing the same thing a little bit safer. And Minister, I know that, you know, I suppose you mentioned earlier about changing the culture and we do have a culture in this country. I mean, I won't lie, I'm on the road regularly um, I'm, I'm from a rural area. I see questionable 16 year olds driving tractors. Uh, you'd have to question whether they're 16 or not. And that's life. That's life in rural Ireland. And, you know, people who are from a farming background, they're brought up, you know, feeding calves and lambs since they're, they're, they're knee high to a grasshopper. So how do we change the culture around that where, you know, we can't always do what we always did and that we start to think more about, I know you're a farmer yourself, you're a father yourself. How do you implement measures into to your farm at home that you know will keep your family and your children safe? Estella, I, I do believe it's an evolving situation. So if you take me now in my early 40s, having been born and raised on a farm, 35 years ago, I was pleading with my uncle who let me up on top of the load of bales. 
uh, me and my uh, cousin uh, hit every branch on the road on the way going um, that would not be socially acceptable I sat on top of the, the, the pile of turf on the way home myself exactly. in the back of the trailer yeah. did, I would argue that wouldn't be socially acceptable today and if someone no. was seen uh, doing that to be a phone call going into Tusla um, you, you know saying those parents are being irresponsible so I do think culture changes as we go and we maybe don't always spot it at the time but there's always more we can do um, and if you know at home with me and my kids one of the big things I had to try and do was um, identifying the hazard that when the, once the kids go to the farmyard they're lost into a dangerous place and to try and set parameters to say that's not a safe place for you so for me I was lucky enough to have a garden at the back that's the other side of the house and to say if you're going to tell kids they can't play there you have to tell them where they can play um, otherwise you know you're not going to stop them so you know, we, we put a bit of a focus on the back garden uh, put a trampoline and stuff in there and that there is a space there that we can kind of watch them. They're very small still. Um, when they get older, they'll outgrow that back garden. But for now, that was a way of us trying to identify that. Um, but I do think culture is changing all the time, but there's always more we can do. And that's why um, I'm delighted to have partnered uh, with AgriWare on the Schools Safe Schools programme. They set up a pilot last year that I thought was fantastic and we've expanded that out uh, now for this year. And that's a great way, kind of like, the, the flag system in the school around the environment where kids identify the green flag where kids identify ways of you know going home and learning things in school and telling parents that they should turn their tap off instead of leaving it on when they're brushing their teeth or turn the switch off when they leave the room similarly kids have the ability for that positive pe pester power when they're sitting at the kitchen table to say to daddy do you know what that's not safe we learned in school that that PTO uh, shaft needs a cover um, and you know 35 years ago, I was a pestering kid trying to do something dangerous. We can now have kids in a really positive way identifying and pointing out that we need to do things safer. And similarly, the spouse in the family has that opportunity. We all need to be calling out the unsafe practices because I think in a lot of instances, it's not that farmers intentionally go out uh, to not be safe, but they don't identify the hazards because they see them every day. Um, so I think education, training, all of these opportunities if there's one main point I suppose I get across here, there's not one simple solution to all of this. Um, it's a multifaceted approach and that's why the range of schemes I've introduced since I was appointed and the new ones and new initiatives working with yourselves and others that I'm introducing now is trying to tackle all the different angles of the, of the issue. If you had advice to give to um, any farmer now who, who might be listening, who is concerned at the moment about their own mental well-being, it is an important issue and, and, and you've referenced it there a few times, especially at the moment. There's a lot of strain, there's financial pressure on, on many farms and many families at the moment. And maybe they just haven't taken that first step yet. Maybe they're embarrassed. Maybe they don't know where to turn. What would your advice be to them? Talk to someone. That is the most important thing. If you look at on farm ground, we identified, we had, I had farm advisors coming up to me saying, I've been on farms, I've noticed the farmer I normally deal with is not the same person, they're under pressure. And I've left not knowing what to do and felt um, felt bad about that. And it, it went home with them that evening thinking about it. And we identified that that farm advisor has an opportunity leaning over the gate at the end of the visit where they've talked about the advice on animal husbandry and crops and sprays to actually say, how are you? How are you doing? And sometimes that's all anybody needs is to given the opportunity to speak out. So what I would hope farmers would do is, and farmers may not always, and individuals, whether farmers or otherwise, may not always identify that they're struggling. They mightn't identify that their downness is actually that things are getting in on top of them. But in any instance, I'm trying to make sure that where we have anybody engaging with farmers, that they get the opportunity to signpost supports that are there to draw out that question 
to get that conversation started because that's the first step for everybody. And for farmers who are feeling that things are getting too much for them, pick somebody that you know and trust. And maybe not somebody that you're too close to, somebody that you just feel you can say it to and say it and you'll feel a burden lifting. You'll realise there's support there if you need more help and support. You know, our GPs are great as well at, at, at kind of identifying and signposting the supports that are there. We don't need to reinvent the wheel here, but we do need farmers and we do need everybody in living in isolation or otherwise who is feeling under pressure and feeling down that to say that they don't feel okay. And it's it's a believe you me, it's a lot easier to say that in Ireland today than it was five, ten years ago. So it's not the taboo that it was before. And I, identifying it and, and putting words to it is by far the most important thing to do. Finally, Minister, you were given the farm safety portfolio and, um, you know, obviously you've had it now for some time. We've seen that you've been very passionate about this particular part of your portfolio. What would you hope to achieve, I suppose, by the end of your term in this particular role? You know, we can get caught up in statistics and behind every statistic is real people, human lives. The biggest thing I want to be able to achieve by my time finished in this role is a change of culture and having played my part in leading a range of initiatives that actually means that culture has actually changed across how we do things in agriculture and that we've driven those figures down and changed agriculture away from being as dangerous a profession as it is in Ireland now. Um, you know, in politics you get involved, you, get, you, you work in a range of different areas in your constituency, um, if you're a minister in, in specific areas, but I don't think there's any greater responsibility than being given over an area where y you can potentially change people's view of things and save lives and reduce the amount of people that are suffering life-changing injuries. So it's a huge honour, but it's also a big responsibility and it's one that I take really seriously. And I think, you know, we've seen a great reaction from all across the um, farming organisations, from the likes of Embrace, from AgriAware, AgriLand, all the different uh, media outlets who are given this um, the promotion that it needs. It's really, really important because we want to, um, you know, make that change. It's a journey we're on together. This isn't about me, but it's about me and my role facilitating that change and supporting communities and agricultural communities to do that. Um, but I think we can do that and I think we're heading in the right direction. But this year, in terms of us not being complacent, it's really, really important um, that we, we build on a bit of momentum that, that came last year and that we uh, focus and double, uh, double down our efforts even more to make that change this year. Minister, thank you for joining us on Farmland. Thanks, Ella. I'm joined now in studio by Christy Doherty, the Head of Farm Insurance with AXA Farm Insurance. Christy, thank you for joining us on Farmland. Thank you, We're here today to talk about farm safety. It's such an important element of the agricultural industry and rural life. But first of all, let's go to AXA Farm Insurance. AXA Insurance was never really in farm insurance a long time ago. How did it get into the market? So uh, back in 2017, uh, AXA made a decision to diversify uh, its business in, in Ireland. So AXA would be synonymous with car insurance, van insurance, home insurance, uh, and AXA has a huge penetration of that personal lines business. So a decision was taken to diversify into what we call commercial insurance. And obviously the, the biggest part of commercial insurance in Ireland is uh, farm insurance. Farm insurance would be almost 30% uh, of the entire commercial insurance market. So it, it made an awful lot of sense for AXA to, to follow into uh, farm insurance. And on top of that decision to diversify, 
um, you know, there, was, there wasn't a lot of competition in the farm insurance market and as such it was a very historic market and uh, it was one that uh, we do know that farmers were looking for more competition in. And you mentioned there that it was in historic market. So for AXA, how has it been going since? I'm sure people had been sort of embedded into particular companies that they would have always gone with. Absolutely, uh, and understandably. Um, but farmers are, are business people, uh, and farmers understand, and, and particularly more so now than ever before, with, with rising input costs, uh, as we're, we're all experiencing uh, across all sectors, Farmers welcomed the competition because uh, it, it brought change and it brought, uh, I suppose, a, a heightened alertness to uh, prices, covers, uh, and service with, within the insurance market. So um, what we did to get into the space was probably the most important thing. We conducted uh, a lot of research with farmers up and down the country. Um, with, with a research house, we met farm, farmer focus groups and we presented them with a number of options in advance of launching where we said to them, you know, here's our proposition. Do you like this proposition? Do you like the unique selling points that we have with this proposition? So, so in effect, we asked the farmers what it is that they wanted before we launched. Uh, and thankfully, uh, that really helped our success uh, and helped us to achieve the situation we have today where we have over 27,000 farmers uh, insured with AXA. So the diversification into the farm business seems to have been a success for AXA. Oh, it's been a huge success. Uh, we're uh, very grateful to uh, our farming customers and to the farmers of Ireland who uh, have uh, looked for a quotation uh, and looked uh, to, to get some of the covers and the benefits that we have on our policies, which are unique uh, to us in AXA. So for instance, one of the things when we launched was we introduced a low claims um, bonus for farmers. And what that does is it rewards farmers who have a good claims history. Um, and a farmer with a good claims history is a farmer who has excellent uh, management skills on their farm. Um, so we, we've attracted the best of farmers to AXA and we're very grateful for them uh, making that jump. So what provoked AXA then to join in a campaign with the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine in terms of farm safety? Um, farm safety has to be top of mind. Uh, and farm safety in Ireland um, is one of those topics that it has brought uh, unnatural grief to farming families over the last number of years. Um, the most important asset on any farm uh, despite what farmers think, it, it is the person, it is the human being, uh, the family member. And, you know, it, it is incumbent on any insurance company who's involved in risk management um, that we would support farmers and farm safety um, to ensure that we get the right messages out there. I suppose, Christy, from your point of view in an insurance company, the less claims you get the better, particularly when it comes to the likes of farm insurance, be it a fire or a farm accident and so on. Um, is the campaign important to you to lower those claims, I suppose, just to protect farmers and their families? The key thing is to have farm safety top of mind, to make sure that farmers understand the risks. And I do believe farmers out there do understand the risks on farms got to do with machinery and livestock. but. It's how we gently remind them again and again to, you know, 
take that extra minute or two and particularly for the part-time farmer and the elderly farmer that they take that little bit of extra time when they're doing something so it's all about a little bit more consideration uh, and pace about your work uh, and to balance that with the need to get a job done on the day so in this campaign um, with the department and with AgriLand what we're doing is we're approaching this farm safety campaign that little bit differently in that this is a digital campaign and it's a digital campaign with um, farmer, farmer involvement. So we're videoing farmers in terms of you know, their learnings uh, and we've already um, put a campaign out there with Jim Mulhall on, on uh, dairy farmer down in Kilkenny and you know, it, it shows how it resonates with the farmer and what the learnings are. And I think it's a very real experience and it's like anything, if we could save one life and prevent one accident, we will have achieved everything in this. Yeah, I was just going to ask you what your expectation is from the campaign. It's a significant campaign um, by yourselves and the department, of course, and AgriLand is involved on, on a digital platform. So would the expectation be to bring down those numbers, to bring down accidents, to bring down fatalities? To, to do what we can in reducing the numbers, we do know that Last year's farm fatality numbers fell by almost 50% on farm, but it is to continue that. One life lost on a farm is one too many. So it's important that we, we protect the farmer and their family uh, and they avoid um, you know, some of the misfortune that has happened to families that have gone before them. And Christy, what advice would you give to farmers and farming families who maybe this year found it very, very tough to afford the premium for, for farm insurance or it might have slipped or they have parts of the farm that might have insured and how important is it to have that security blanket, I suppose, in place? It's absolutely essential that farmers review their insurance every year. Farm insurance, it's, it's a contract, it's a legal document which you know, provides cover in the eventuality of something terrible happening on the farm. The most important thing a farmer can do is to make contact with their insurance company to satisfy that the covers that they have are relevant and that the values that they have on their private dwelling house, their outbuildings, their livestock are relevant because farming changes from year to year, from season to season, so it's critically important to have a review done because, for instance, you might be changing, paying too much one year versus the stock levels that you carry the following year so and the other thing that's happening obviously at the minute is with inflation and the cost of timber and steel and concrete uh, rising it's now more important than ever before for a farmer to ring their insurance company and to say to them in terms of the values of on my outbuildings i'd like to increase them uh, so that's one strong piece of advice I, i'd advocate for farmers uh, and the thing is farmers should realize that the cost of doing that is it's a very small fraction of the overall cost of reviewing your insurance so it's important to have the baseline correct and christy in terms of approaching an insurance company or organizing that farm insurance which is so important a lot of farmers that I know certainly can be put off by the process and sometimes a lack of understanding uh, within organisations of the various facets of farming and what it entails. So, you know, how can AXA support those farmers and have you a good team there who will be knowledgeable in the area? It's a very good question and the, the, the thing to, to bear in mind, I'd put it this way, is in terms of a spend of one hour uh, by a farmer in a week, 
the spend of one hour on farm insurance could be worth a multiple of what they would achieve in savings uh, um, or, or growth in other areas. So to answer the question, we have made it very easy for farmers to do business with us. It just requires a telephone call to our agri-center uh, in Athlone, where our team of in excess of 20 agents are based. And this is a team of very expert uh, and experienced people in the whole area of farm insurance. So once we get that call, we will manage the process very easily from there for the farmer. We can produce a quotation very easily, very quickly, and in addition, we can service that business on farm to, to satisfy that all the sums insured and the covers are correct. So the point is, it's a very easy process to change. It's a very easy process to get your quotation, and it's worked. we will certainly make it worth your while. And finally, Christy, I'll just ask you in terms of people approaching at a time of a claim, approaching a company, and nobody wants to have to make a claim, no one wants an accident on farm, everyone wants you know, the highest levels of health and uh, safety. But I suppose with you getting involved in this digital campaign um, with the department and with Agriland, the aim I, I would imagine is to just ensure that we are supporting the farming community to make sure that every you know, risk is minimised and, and all measures taken on farm are, are there to try and, and support and protect those working on the farm and the, the, the people who live on the farm. Certainly, the, the purpose of, of the campaign is that we will be producing digital videos that will reflect where, where claims and where accidents have happened in the past. Uh, and we will be utilising farmers with their experience and knowledge to, to share with farmers out there the, the, you know, the hazards that do exist, uh, the things that need to be brought to bear before you do a task, before you go out uh, spreading fertiliser, go out spreading slurry, you know, in terms of agitation, all that whole area. So our campaign will be geared around producing videos that will inform the farmer of the hazards and where they need to be more careful. Uh, that's really important to us. Uh, in, in relation to the claim side of things, in AXA we're, we're really proud of the service that we, we offer farmers and I, I think the best reflection of the claim service we offer farmers is the retention of business that you have. So our retention of business is in excess of 96%, which is exceptional when you take uh, just people that might go out of business into consideration. So it's a huge reflection of what we do and we must be doing something very right uh, for us to achieve those levels of, of, of retention. Christy, thank you for joining us on the programme today. Thank you very much. That's all from this episode of Farmland. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned to Agriland for the latest in agricultural news.